gentlemen, welcome back to these. Go to eleven once again. Nathan Bell joining me as always. Zach Bartles. Zach, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Worlds are colliding. I uh, I've been keeping this puppy kind of separate from my uh, you know other world as pastor uh-huh. at Judson Baptist Church. I mean, not like intentionally. Just I haven't promoted it or anything. Sure. And then uh, a couple days ago, a lady at my church, one of the elders, was like, "Hey." I was just listening to your uh, 11 podcast. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, yeah, the 11 podcast. You said, that was really funny. <laughs> so, you know, it's a slow burn, man. Uh, but hey, really, we, we make it worth if, it. <laughs> if you think about like the life cycle of, of uh, somebody trying to sell Amway or life insurance or something, mm-hmm. and they like slowly burn through everyone they know, and then that first kind of generation of uh, referrals into everyone they know, and then they usually hit the wall and they have to do something else for a living. I haven't even started getting into that first generation of people I know. If we ever wanted to grow our listener base, I should start doing that. Just like, (laughs) I'd be like, listen, your tithes are looking okay. I don't really know what people tithe, but your tithes are looking okay, and uh, you just haven't been listening to my podcast enough. That's right. That's great. Actually, you know what's funny is um, Greg and Steve, when they were on, never really promoted it either. Um, Greg, the first week of church that we started doing this made mention of it. And it was just kind of like – because initially what we were going to be talking about was the offshoots of you know his sermon. So like – we're going to be talking about angels and this is kind of the primary topic of what we're talking about in the sermon. If you want to hear more um, on some of the secondary topics, listen into the podcast and Mm. that really never materialized other than I think one episode, the very first one we did. Um, And so, (laughs) you know, we just never got around to doing it. And then again, Steve Hartland really never promoted it either. So, you know, for, for like, you know, pastors like having a captive audience, not really promoting the podcast, it's actually done pretty good for itself. Well, two things I want to throw back at that. One, um, the, he was wrong. Uh, he should have been making one of his application points in every sermon to listen to this week's podcast, right? And, <laughs> and, and still should be. That's right. Uh, secondly, Even more so now. <laughs> right. Is uh, Yeah, it won't seem as vain now. He's only on him once a month. Um, was he in the pulpit this week? Uh, yes, he was. What did he preach on? He was preaching. So he's doing his Christmas series, uh, the rescue mission. And so he was talking about, um, last week, uh, he talked about how, uh, our great need, um, for salvation. And then he talked about Christ coming to begin the rescue. Okay. Okay. So that's what we're, we're going to talk about some element of that next week, uh, on the podcast. Nice. We'll do it. That'll, we're going to return to form. That's right. The, the short-lived, one-week, true form of this. And it's, and it's going to be a one-time only thing, so we're going to return to it for one week only. And if everyone loves it, too bad. That's right. Keep them wanting more. That's our motto, right? <laughs> Forever. Literally. That's right. Oh, man. Dude, yeah. So, so Greg's been, yeah, just thinking about that. Greg's been, you know, working through his... Christmas sermons. Christmas is two weeks from this past Tuesday. That just seems crazy fast to me. Shut up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up. I rebuke you, you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Get behind me, Nathan. It sounds enough like Satan. 
Jeff, Jeff from Mission Aware, T-shirts, get behind me, Nathan. Oh, wait. You know what? <laughs> Forget El Jefe. This guy has gone, uh, once again, radio silent. I'm making the T-shirts. I'm nice. making one that says, don't mess with Nathan. He's a purple. No, Nate. He's a purple <laughs> and one that says, get behind me, Nathan. And they have the, the podcast. I'm going to have to go with the older logo with the dial because I don't think we own the rights to the new one that uh, Peter Voth designed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We sell those through like, uh, oh, I don't know, Cafe Press or one of these shirt things. Oh, that would be and then great. And the money to buy that Hummer that I wanted to get for, for uh, Greg yes. to surprise him. Dude, we got a third shirt we can throw into the mix too. Baby, what's in this verse? Oh, <laughs> say what's in this verse. <laughs> that was one of the funniest conversations I've ever been a part of. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good grief. That was funny. We have gotten so much feedback about that podcast uh, people just loving it. Like, uh, so our good friend, uh, Ty, who's written into the podcast and has given us a lot of our questions that we've answered over the years, uh, actually wrote it and he was like, dude, I literally had to pull over. I was laughing so hard while I was driving. <laughs> I, I, I gotta tell you something about Ty. You're talking about Tyler, uh, Noblet? Yep. Yep. Our boy, wrote me like a month ago and said that uh, my other podcast featuring one uh, Mimi reading the Bible mm-hmm. may be about to encroach in on that number one favorite spot in his in his listening world. Nice. So we, we got an upper game here. See, I, I'm in like the Ted Cluck position now where uh, I, I always feel like me and Ted are, are, are in competition with the happy rant, but he's on the happy rant. So, <laughs> um, but, but in this case, uh, I'm I'm, I'm here with you, and then I'm on with Mimi, and uh, either way, I win Tyler's heart is what That's I'm right. saying. That's right. That's right. Dude, I mean, you've you got loves- his whole heart. He com- You complete <laughs> him. <laughs> but you've got half of his heart. That's right. Uh, in that he loved our uh, Christmas. Uh, the, the, the fact that we got into the the kind of positive, what do we love? But we took so much time to be so snarky on the way there was what I loved about it. Yes. <laughs> it was like it was like five minutes about the things we love and then the rest of the time <laughs> getting there. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so you know, we uh oh man, so we were, you know, talking about uh Jeff and Mission Aware. Um, you know, we we haven't heard from him in a while, but uh you know, uh, definitely still check them out because they do have some awesome products on their website. I'm sure that if you go online and order, he will be much faster in getting back to you than he will to us. Um, cause you know, usually we just kind of want stuff from him. So maybe that's the reason why. Um, but, uh, yeah, check out Mission Aware. Um, again, you know, we said the ugly sweaters that they have, they've got the bus. I know that they are doing some sales and things like that. Um, also too, you know, one thing we've never really mentioned is they do have gift certificates. So you can always grab a gift certificate. If you're not sure about something, someone will enjoy, grab a gift certificate and you can give that to them instead. So mission aware, all the great products that they have, we still love them. Uh, even if they don't love us. Did you ever get that, uh, that code for the discount from, from El Jefe? Uh, no, I've, I've not heard from him about that. So. Yeah. Well, let me let me go a little bit off and tell you that if if you want a discount of 20% on your coffee from Lagaris Roasters. Just go to Lagaris Roasters and put in this discount code, HAPPY20. 
That's the happy rant discount code. <laughs> that that Ted, I, I don't know if accidentally or just in self-interest or something, promoted on the last gut check uh, episode. <laughs> and then now I'm passing on to the point where this thing, it's like when someone gives you a fruitcake and you don't want it. So you just like right, you just gift it until the point where the, the wrapping is worn. Like yes. the, the packaging is worn on this discount code. It, it's it has nothing to do with this podcast, and it, in either in either direction, the 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 coffee or the discount code. But there it is. Since since we never got one for Jeff from Missionalware, that's right. <laughs> that's how you can save yourself a little scratch this this year, dude. Talk about well, Legaros for a bit, because um, we might have some people that that know absolutely nothing about Legaros. So why don't you go ahead and promote them a little bit? We'll we'll give them a little bit of free love uh, on on the podcast today. I wonder if doing this might earn us the happy rent or the – I just – did you hear what I just <laughs> <Yes>. did? <laughs> Heck, man. I've never even – I was on the happy rent once. I was I was pretending to be Chaz Marriott. Right, That was right. literally five years ago. Um, it, we might get the uh, – these go to 11 blend, you Ooh. know, um, because uh, we've got a, a gut check espresso yep. uh, from Hector Ligaris, hand roast. I mean this is – this is the best coffee ever. There's a Happy Rant blend. Then, of course, you got Mr. Johnny Come Lately, the Church Curmudgeon, yeah. comes in with his blend. We demanded, uh, I think we're up to 80%. We demand 80% of his revenue because of uh, he didn't kiss the ring. He didn't ask permission. He just, just he jumped in and line. did it. Yeah, with with Ted's guy. Like, Ted and this guy are, are boys. And then uh, I think, uh, what would a, what would a these go to 11 blend be like? I mean, um, Happy Rant, obviously, it's kind of a uh, fruity, you know, pour over type thing. Our yeah. gut check blend from from when Ted and I first planned having a, a coffee blend back in probably 2009. We always said it'd be espresso. You know, it's got to be you know kick, a punch in the mouth with yeah. you know the gut check logo. What do you think our our these go to eleven would be? Yeah, I, you know, it's I, I think there's there's like a balance in between there somewhere because you know we've got that. You know, we've got that lighthearted mix, that fruitier mix, clearly, you know, portrayed in our last episode we did. But we also. I wouldn't call us fruity. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, what's in this verse? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Um, But, you know, we also, I think we, you know, can can, uh, pack like that, you know, serious punch when it comes to it, too, you know, where it's like. You know, we, we get into those deep theological conversations. I actually just got a comment on the uh, the one we did on gun control uh, several months ago. And nice. uh, somebody just listened and was like, oh, I really, you know, I, I thought it was a really well thought out, balanced, you know, um, thoughtful discussion about it, you know. And, and so I really appreciate it. So, you know, I feel that's like. the one where I was like, uh, kill them all, let God sort them out. You were like, right. gun control is hitting the target. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the best balanced argument I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, a gun's got to have good balance. Uh, oh man, guns don't kill people. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word, that's great. So, so maybe some kind of like bold but not espresso, like like a yeah a medium bodied breakfast blend. Yeah, right? yeah, that sounds that sounds good. I'm gonna, I I'm, feel like our listeners would possibly make it worth Hector's while. I think so. I, you know, Zach, you've got the contact there. 
I'm going to let you uh, let you broker that one and uh, see what we can do. That that might be a pretty sweet deal if we can come up with something, you know, going uh, maybe not going into the new year, but sometime after the new year, come up with something like that. I'd have to go and kiss the ring, yeah, uh, yep. and and just basically say, Ted, here we're cutting you in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, the way that Ted gets cut in on this stuff is that he gets free bags of all the different blends. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you know, what, whatever the case, that I don't know. I I, I would have felt sheepish about it before the curmudge just jumped in, but at this point, I'm like, hey, Ted's Ted discovered him. Yeah. But you know, the, that that kind of finder's fee mentality only gets you so far. Now he belongs to the world, or That's at least right. the- <laughs> <laughs> he belongs to the podcasting community. Yes, he belongs to, to the reformed bubble, um, and and maybe we could be his road out of the reformed bubble into the more broad kind of Christian community, because I, I think that we may have a broader, not a bigger, but I think maybe a broader listenership than something like the Happy Rant. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that might be fair. I think that might be fair. They had, what, one Arminian at the, uh, at the one uh, retreat they did that one time? Um, yeah, I don't remember anything about that except that someone called me Trogzy. <laughs> I do remember that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Using Trogzy <laughs> as like an adjective. When are we getting Stephen O'Trogi on this podcast, man? I want to talk to my boy. I, I, I haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah, that's a, you know what? I need to, I need to write some of this down because I, I have, and I'll be totally honest here. I've dropped the ball. Um, with getting people on this fall kind of winter. Uh, we were supposed to get um, Nate Pickowitz on in November. And again, it was just, I had a, I had contacted him in October, I think close to the beginning of October. And I was like, you know, we want to have you on. He had a new book coming out. He was like, oh yeah, you know, it'll be great. Just, you know, we'll get it set up. And then I got sick for that week. And then we weren't, we really hadn't recorded for, for two straight weeks or was it three straight weeks? Because you had done the one with uh Poulos mm-hmm. there and we just, eh, it was what it was, but we want to get, Navidad. that's right. We're, we're in Christmas now. We are looking forward to the new year. We are, we are going to lay the promises down, no new taxes, all of that stuff. And we're going to, we're going to set things right and get it going in the new year. Dude, I got to tell you, uh, the wits, and that's what I'm calling uh, Pickowitz, like on Back to the Future 2, how they call uh, the boss Fujitsu-san the yeah. jits. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the wits and I had actually a minor kerfuff on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that or not. Uh, I don't think I did. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, he was he was uh, like talking about – this had to do with our, our boy Johnny uh, Mac. Okay. Uh, yeah. He had gone on Ben Shapiro's show and – and he had articulated the gospel, the difference between Judaism and Christianity, yep. uh, and done it fairly well. It was the same week that some Christian singer that I don't know about had been kind of ambushed, oh yeah, and failed to perfectly articulate, kind of kind of couched her answer about homosexuality or something. And then this poor young lady is just dog piled on, and she's a heretic, and she's the worst. And I'm like, this is mean, yeah, but. But I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Johnny Mac or Nate Pickowitz who was doing that. So so he said uh, he just observed. Um, I think I don't think Pickowitz even brought up that distinction. It was oh, all of his disciples did. He was like, this guy. If it had been Tim Keller who did this, 
the world would go nuts or the church would go nuts. Everyone would be like crazily happy, like at a boy, but because it's John MacArthur crickets. Yeah. Yeah. And I said um, something about how he had referred to people of my particular eschatology as like latent anti-Semites. And uh, and he's like, well, you could have taken that a few different ways. It wasn't, you know, he, he, he kind of responded with a measured response. I said, well, I think I'd also be more likely to uh, jump for joy and, and celebrate Johnny Mac if you just if you weren't hadn't involved into such a, a very negative kind of like always sniping at people, often people within the broad umbrella of Christianity. I feel like, mm, you know, he's yeah. just he's got to like. You know, he's always he's in with J.D. Hall and pulpit and pen and stuff, you know, one foot in their camp and stuff. And and maybe that's just why the church has sort of not fully embraced and, and, and supported this. Mm-hmm. And, and and Pickowitz didn't say much else. He, he said, eh, maybe, maybe not. And and oh, my gosh, you know, when you, you go to check your, your Twitter and you have like it's the little notification things got like 72. Yes. And you're like, oh, crap, <laughs> what happened? That happened to me, and I, I engaged people for a while, and then I was like, I'm done. These these Johnny Mac, uh, you know, followers are they're they're really rabidly pro everything this man says and does. And honestly, what he had done was good. Right. I was I was just trying to maybe help him see why it would be more likely that people would celebrate Tim Keller, who tends to have a more, you know, I'm pro Jesus. Right. And that's the end of the statement versus John MacArthur, who's like, I'm anti-charismatic, I'm anti-this, I'm anti-that. And, of course, I'm also pro-Jesus. Right. It's just easier to, you know, I, I, I don't know. So I don't know if you caught any of that, but maybe I accidentally burned part of our bridge with uh, the wits there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'll get back on Twitter in the new year and we'll uh, we'll see what we'll see what goes on. But, you know, there's still uh, – I mean there's a ton of people, like I said, that I, uh, you know – just kind of drop the ball with. Um, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll get back into it. We'll, we'll be fresh and ready to go once we get some, uh, some restage time underneath our belts going into the holiday season. And so. I like it when we have people on and I like it when people recommend people for us to have on. Yep. And that's been fun, but honestly, my favorite times, Nathan is when it's just you and me or better yet. It's the, uh, I almost said the Holy Trinity, but that would have been blasphemous. <laughs> <been>, yeah. <laughs> The triumvirate of yes. you, me, and uh, the Reverend Dutcher. Yes. I feel like we've got a very funny vibe, and I feel, and if I do say so myself, and I feel like we have an unspoken psychic connection where when the three of us are on, somehow we even interrupt each other less than you and I would I when there's two of us on. Like, it's just, we feel like the go. All right. I'm almost done and go. And yes, I don't know. We're right. Well. Yeah. We're right on it uh, with the three of us. And yeah, it, it is, it's good. And, and I agree. And those were even some of my favorite times Greg and I would mention when he and I were doing it was it when it was just him and me talking about topics. It was fun having people on. Um, but Greg and I were even, I think a lot more polite when we had guests on, you know, we would kind of challenge them a little bit, ask some questions, but you know, we never really got into it. And that actually drove our, our listeners nuts a little bit that we never, you know, tore into it. We had, um, a friend of ours for us who was a Muslim on and, you know, we just wanted to hear him out and have our listeners hear him out. And we got so many responses. Oh, well, why didn't you question him on this or that or this or that? And it's like, you know, this is a younger guy who who's admittedly, you know, marginally Muslim and, um, you know, isn't, you know, um, 
even uh, as far as I knew back then, he was, you know, he went to church, but like not, or mosque, but, you know, wasn't really as devout. And so he was, you know, a lot of his questions, it's like, you don't want to tear a guy like that up on the radio. You know, you want to give them a chance to explain themselves and, and talk. And, you know, I feel like for the most part, that's, that's our relationship that we have when we have people on, even things that we might disagree with, we're a lot kinder, um, to those people, uh, you know, than, uh, than some of our listeners might even like. So, yeah, you know, it's like that old saying: you you win more bees with honey than with a raid. Yeah, is that it? Is that how that goes? I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and if he was your friend, undoubtedly you were in that context sharing the gospel with him anyway. Right. Not like voyeuristically for the world to listen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like there's a tendency of some Christians, and I've fallen into this myself in the past, to like watch and listen to a bunch of people. Uh, kind of confronting non-believers and people of other religions with uh, the gospel and feel like they've almost kind of itched, scratched that itch and like they've accomplished something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I used to watch a lot of like Ray Comfort clips and he'd be out on the boardwalk talking to like these surfer guys and stuff. And I would say to myself, and this was, you know, kind of the idea, like I'm going to kind of pick up some of his, you know, tricks and chops and, yep. and, and I think to some degree that happened. Um, he's, he's a guy that's easy to like make fun of because of the banana thing and everything, but I really admire him. And, uh, but at the same time, I feel like at the, I was just kind of like, oh, huh, that felt good. That guy got saved and almost felt like I had something to do with it. Right. All I did was watch it, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's the thing is I, I remember, I remember feeling so bad and so guilty when I used to do, you know, some of that evangelism stuff, street evangelism stuff. And it's like, oh man, well, if I had just done this or said this and blah, and then just getting to the point where it's like, you know what, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. You know, there, there are times where, you know, clearly, I think, you know, he's always giving me the words, but I feel like there are times where they're clearly received and going through. And there are other times where, and again, the Holy Spirit is not allowing them to. And it's like, okay. You know, because even if I'm a complete buffoon, if the Holy Spirit's working, the Holy Spirit's going to work. Right on, right on. So. Not, not uh, you know, to confirm that you're a buffoon or anything. I'm right, just right. <laughs> Yes, yes, amen, amen, Brother Bell, amen. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, Let me just so. echo what you said. I'm going to echo your echo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, so... Yeah, so this is uh, how high quality we are, Zach. We're sitting here and talking, and you just kind of, you know, come over the, come over the microphone. And you're like, "So, uh, what are we talking about today?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, my wife asked me that question an hour ago before we started recording, and I told her I have an hour to figure it out." <laughs> Wait a minute, we're not done. I thought we were done. <laughs> I know, right? That's the podcast. <laughs> And uh, I'm like, I don't know, have an hour to figure it out. And then I get in and get everything set up and you ask me that question. And I'm like, I don't know, what are we doing? So you threw out a topic um, that I don't know if that just kind of formulated in your mind or if you had been kind of thinking on that for a little while. Um, At this time of year, I often am thinking about on this topic. Okay, nice. So yeah, and I I mean, it, it makes sense. It's the, I guess the overproduction of Christmas. Is that kind of a, a fair sentiment or statement within the church itself? Or maybe a, a stunt mentality mm-hmm. or, yeah, the kind of attractionalism, mm-hmm. even amongst churches that would otherwise, any other time of year, never be given to it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So let me give an example. Sure. And this is one that I think is a cool thing, and I actually enjoy doing it, which is a church in our town that has a living nativity several nights, uh, Christmas week, mm-hmm. um, a real goat, real sheep, real cow. Yeah. Um, you know, guys that are a real baby, of course, not a Cabbage Patch doll or something. Right, right. And uh, it brings in community and, you know, people want to kind of walk around and see it. It's a, it's a spectacle. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean, that's the intent. It's to be, you know, like back in, in the good old days, the only show in town was church. Right. So everyone came to church and, you know, there was no Netflix. Um, and now you have to really kind of up your game, I think, if yep. you want to be the best show and you're the experience that everyone wants to have. Yes. So my question kind of was, is, is that cool? Is that okay? Or is that, a, oh, you know, does that get into the kind of stuff where Spurgeon, uh, and I, and I don't mean the living nativity. I mean, all the, like, we're giving away a big screen TV on Christmas Eve. I mean, the, the holiday extravaganza light show. I mean, all the wild stuff that people do yeah. uh, to try and stand out on, uh, for a Christmas uh, season service. And then the other sub question being kind of, is this stuff having way less of an impact? Yeah. And even to the degree where, I mean, when I was a kid, there was this thing we called creasters or, uh, I, I always called them Christmasians. Okay. Uh, yep, yep. People who come to church on Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Because that's the time of year when they always did. And um, so when they, the idea that, you know, you're going to have a much, much bigger. Now, I have a bigger turnout on Christmas Eve than an average Sunday, but it's because everyone comes at once, mm. not because a bunch of people who I don't know from the community are just showing up. So maybe the, the sub question is in this day and age, when church has become tangential to our society, mm-hmm. is is it, does that make it more of a viable and, and legitimate option or uh, to, to kind of do something big and spectacular and be a spectacle? Mm-hmm. Or does that make it just, you know, diminishing returns and there's less and less? And I'm, I'm curious about your community and, and yeah. what you see and your church and what you guys have done in the past. Yeah. I, you know, I have not with, – within the general community, I have not seen like that kind of – spectacular blowout where it's like, uh, Hey, we're giving away the big screen TV type thing. I've, I've experienced more of like the living nativity or, you know, the Christmas programs. We're putting on a Christmas program. We're singing traditional Christmas songs. Um, you know, even, um, doing Christmas plays and things like that. Um, I have not witnessed as much of the, the spectacular blowout within the community, um, I have, I, I'm aware of churches that do it. I guess my only question or concern would be, um, the response that Paul gives in Philippians when he's talking about people who, you know, are preaching Christ out of selfish ambition or out of true motives. And he's like, you know what? As long as Christ is being preached, then, um, hey, I rejoice. Exactly. And so to me, if there's a church out there and they're doing a big, you know, Christmas Eve uh, hullabaloo and they're doing all prizes and giveaways, but they are set and firm in their commitment to making sure that Christ is being preached, hey, if if you've got that and that's in your budget, then you know what, whatever, go for it. As long as you are preaching Christ and maybe somebody's making a decision in terms of, hey, this is going to be a way for me to potentially get a big screen TV for Christmas. Um, but 
they're, they're coming into the door and they're listening and, you know, the Holy Spirit's still going to work in that. And so I would say, you know, go for it. You know, um, if Christ isn't being preached, um, I would, you know, I, I have more issue with it because not only are they getting all of this blown up stuff that has nothing to do with the gospel, but they're not even getting the gospel. Um, our church doesn't really do a whole big blowout. I mean, we have, we have three Christmas Eve services because we do get that many people with, um, with family members coming in. And, uh, I don't know that we have a lot of strangers within the community that come in. Uh, but I do know that a lot of families in the church will bring their family members into the Christmas Eve service. Not all of them are believers. Our biggest promotional kick, as it were, is we have these business cards made up that have information about the Christmas Eve service specific to it that the church is saying, you know what, go out and invite your neighbors and you know just give them one of these cards so they have the information. Um, and so that's kind of our big thing this year is, you know, think about and pray about people who, you know, you know, that do not know Christ and invite them to the Christmas Eve service. Um, so we've never as a church gotten into the whole, you know, gimmicky type thing. Um, the, you know, the children's, uh, church does a little song or two. Um, but Greg is at that point usually summing up his sermons that he's been preaching through Christmas into the one big culmination of the Christmas Eve service. Um, so what about, um, what about you? What are some of the things that you've noticed or witnessed that you've kind of looked at and you've been like, that just, you know, that's a little sleazy or I don't, I don't think that's great. And some of the things that you're like, Hey, that was actually a pretty cool idea. Um, well, I've seen both indoor and outdoor um, living nativities, mm-hmm. which, I mean, to me, it, it's it's the kind of thing that if you're going to, I mean, you basically you're you're showing the scene that we want to talk about. It'd be hard to do it wrong unless you just did a crappy job, and I haven't sure. seen it done crappily. Um, I mean, like this is the focus. I've seen um, odd things having to do with with Santa. Mm-hmm. And um, both pro Santa and weirdly anti Santa, <laughs> which I think are really strange. There's a big, there's a really big church uh, in the vicinity of where I live that that one year did a, a it was built as a haunted house, and then when you got there, it was like a house of horrors, right? Uh, or right. The, and it was like a hell house, yeah. and there was like a room where like someone was getting an abortion, and there was like a room where someone was doing drugs, and and there was all this you know blow up in the press and stuff. Uh, they've done um, some. Uh, really odd things, but they've also done really good kind of giant cantatas uh, mm-hmm. slash, you know, almost like a a music, a full on musical, like a yeah. like a off 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 Broadway musical, you know. So yeah, my my th- this is gonna cut us short here, and I and I have an idea how to how to uh, avoid that. But mm-hmm. uh, when you said you know it's it's like Paul wanting people to preach Christ from whatever motives and with whatever you know weird methodology same you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay, I agree. yeah um so so i feel like uh there's you know th- here's the thing you get like for example new year's eve yeah you know i don't know what you're doing new year's eve but uh they used to always have a service here before i was here or years back yep 
and they'd have communion and everyone stay up till midnight. I don't think most of my people could do that now. Um, I don't know if I can do it, but uh, <laughs> like I know I've seen like the Stephen Furtick big blowout, right? Elevation, yeah. yeah. And it's like counting down, and he's just like up there, like spoken word slash rap slash preaching right. that this year is going to be the year that God's going to break all of your curses and He's going to give you all of your dreams and He's and people are getting amped and amped and amped and amped and amped. Um, you know that kind of thing that that doesn't put the spotlight on Christ, right? I'm, I mean, fine. That's fine if if people want to get together and say this is what we're gonna we're gonna have a great year. Awesome. Right. At Christmas time, you have to be so careful. I have been to some services where they didn't do anything wacky, but the message in attempting to be super relevant and mm-hmm. speak to a broad audience mm-hmm. winds up being well. You know, we, we all know that God gave us the ultimate Christmas gift, and it was Jesus. So, what kind of gift are you going to give? Right. What are you going to do? It's the whole VeggieTales thing, right? Sure, like, sure. Well, therefore, we need to do, and, and it and it puts the spotlight back on me, just as sure as if I'm, you know, literally having a countdown and a spotlight on. So, I, I think the the methodology is less important. I know that Spurgeon had this thing about feeding sheep, not entertaining wolves. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you can you know, offer a little, if, if, if we're talking not weekly worship, but we're talking right. a special event. Right. And I offer a little bit of entertainment and you get here and you hear the gospel. Uh, not only am I going to say worse things could happen, but um, right. it's hard to imagine better things that could happen because yeah. someone just the gospel and maybe they got saved. Right. So yeah. maybe instead of that, the question is what kind of sermons are, you know, is there something wrong with the fact that I have felt consistent uh, pressure, self-imposed, I think, to keep topping last year's Christmas and Easter sermons year by year because mm. they're the big one. And I have gotten into, a, you know, like some weird stuff, man. Yeah. I have <laughs> sermons called uh, Christmas uh, Christmas Hype and Sea Monsters from the Book of Job. Oh, wow. Um, I, 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 Christmas and the Syrophoenician War. Um, you know, just stuff where I want people to be like, what the heck is that? And right. then I tie it all together with a nice Christmas bow yep. and, you know, it gets more people coming. And I even bumped into a guy one time at the, the store in town. And he said, oh, oh, you're, uh, and it sounds like we have one store at Meyer here. And he was like, oh, hey, you're the pastor that does the weird Christmas, uh, sermons. And I was like, that's me. Right. Um, <laughs> but I ought to be able to just say, I'm going to preach, you know, a basic Christmas sermon. Sure. And that's good enough. I, I went, I got in a, a thing year after year where I had these great insights I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. One year it was um, Christ's uh, swaddling cloths, you know, being wrapped in strips of linen yep. uh, and placed on what we're quite sure was at this point, whether it was in a house or in a cave or whatever the, the case, a, a kind of shelf built into a wall mm-hmm. or, or carved into for the animals to eat out of. And, and that's at the beginning of his life. Then at the end of his life, uh, wrapped in strips of linen after he's died and being placed on a shell hewn into a rock wall. Um, you know, and I, and I, so I did this whole thing of like, uh, the bookends beginning yep. and ends, yep. uh, myrrh at the beginning and myrrh and spices at the end. Um, I did one where it was about, uh, the watchtower of the flock, uh, mm-hmm. that we're quite sure that, uh, the, those shepherds were watching the sheep that would be offered as sacrifices in the temple six miles away in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and how fitting it is that they're the ones. By the way, all my Christmas sermons right now, 
uh, I put on one big page, uh, going back to 2006. It's uh, churchlansing.com slash audio slash Christmas with a capital C. Oh, nice. uh, and, and they're all there. Um, and I mean, so, so I kind of like had like a new, like, Ooh, that changes everything. Like Paul Harvey moment, like three years in a row. Yep. And then I was like, now what? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, so I had to kind of reset and I felt, I felt like a failure that year. Yeah. But why? Yeah. R.C. Yeah. Sproul said that he would go to church. They'd have the, the midnight service so that the, the preacher would be preaching at midnight. And when the, the clock tower started banging out 12, He'd pause his sermon and say, everyone, it's Christmas. And let me be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. And every year he looked forward to it so much. And every year the preacher preached the same sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't have to come up with some new thing every year. So maybe that's more where I mean, that's my self conviction. Yeah. Um, it's not about the big stunt. The big stunt's fine if it's the gospel that backs it up. Maybe it's more about me feeling like the gospel's not enough if I haven't dressed it up in some. Mm you know, really cerebral or really wacky or really interesting special way. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, well, you were saying, you know, I think, I think for a pastor, I think one of the, the unique things about Christmas time is, is people love traditions. You know, we love going back. We love singing, the Christmas carols, you know, and we love singing the Christmas hymns and, you know, every single year, um, our church, we do our candlelight service on Christmas Eve. The last song we sing is silent night, you know, yeah, us too. Yep. And, and like, you know, like you look at that and you're like, okay, well, is it really, you know, like theologically sound? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a song about Christ, you know, and like we, we make some assumptions about church history and tradition that yes, probably aren't that well in, in, in some cases are definitely not biblically accurate, but if you understand in your preaching Christ, then, you know, I mean, I can tell you that I was in high school when I finally realized all of the truths or or many of the truths surrounding the nativity weren't necessarily true, you know, the wise men being there and all, you know, all this stuff that you see with the nativity going on. But that didn't hinder or impede my relationship with Jesus Christ. It was something that I came to a realization later and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, to this day nativities are still my favorite Christmas things to have. I mean that I collect nativities. And so we have many of them set up around our house in all different varieties and kinds. I have a peanuts one and I have a really nice like ceramic one and you know, all these different ones set up and it's just, it's something I enjoy. And I understand theologically the wise men weren't there. I understand that, you know, there, there wasn't an angel plastered over, you know, the, to our knowledge from what the Bible says, there wasn't an angel plastered over the barn or the stable or whatever it is, you know, the cave. Um, I understand that, you know, the star shining down and showing over the house happened, you know, much later um, after the birth, not, you know, not right there at the birth. And so, like, I understand those things, but it's still, it's a tradition. It brings back memories and it brings back good like good church memories too. And I think, I think people hearing about Christ, like even if you were to get up every single Christmas Eve and read the same verses, I think people would enjoy it. 
because it it's the familiarity of what they had grown up with, what they were used to, and it's still Christ being preached. Um, and so I think, you know, what you were saying, if it does come naturally to you and, you know, you have a different angle to take on it, then that's great. But if you don't, yeah, that guilt is like, man, like you were saying, why, why should I feel guilty about this? I'm preaching God's word. And the fact that, that God came down as a human in, in our condition, you know, one thing that I love to remind my students of, and even my teachers who sometimes forget is like, we're, we're not the, you know, greatest thing since sliced bread as people. Like you think about God and who he is and the perfection he had in perfect harmony with the, the father and the Holy spirit and the fellowship and all of that, all, you know, all riches, all power beyond compare and all might beyond compare. And he took on the form of us. I mean, and not just like an adult kind of like, you know, Zeus like or Hercules, you know, strapped figure, you know, I mean, he took on the form of a baby like, you know, babies are messy and, you know, and grew up in a frail human body like that is just that should be mind blowing year after year in and of itself that the God of the universe subjected himself to become like us to save us, you know, and and to me repeating that and, and, and reinforcing that is, is huge, you know, and, and, and then drawing in the songs, I think it brings that familiarity. And I, and I don't think it's an over familiarity because it really, it is only once a year. <coughs> what are your thoughts? You all right, man? I think you yeah. need a, a sip of, uh, these go to 11, <laughs> Uh, blends coffee that doesn't exist yet. That's right. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, as you as you speak, it occurs to me that I think we we need to do two things in the next episode. One is to suss out some elements of uh, the rescue mission of Christ. Uh huh. <laughs> the second is I'm going to unruin Christmas for you a little bit because I feel like. There are Christians who have such a, just a giddy time, mm-hmm. just love getting in and nitpicking details mm. and saying all the things that are – and at the end of the day, much of what has become kind of the standard, oh, well, I know that it really is the case that everything we know about the nativity is all off, mm-hmm. a lot of it isn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. And and. You know, a lot of it is actually based more on more recent kind of urban legend, the whole kind of, you know, eye of the needle as a gate in the wall kind of right. you, you, go, you trace it back and you're like, that doesn't go back far enough. Right. Um, and, and granted, I mean, everything's not perfect about our pictures of the nativity, but but, uh, you know, the idea that you have to completely change your understanding of what this looked like because you're you're 180 off. I like to to uh, restore for people a little of the at least the fact that it's plausible that a lot of these things aren't off. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, that that'll be a that'll be a great one for uh for the next episode which will be recording right after this episode but we won't be releasing until next week. So that'll be a, that'll be a good uh pre-Christmas one. Unless you're a Patreon supporter and then you can have it right I'm just kidding, we're not a Patreon. <laughs> We're not going to beg. <laughs> no, I tried that once like, I don't know, a year or two ago and uh, it didn't work out well. So 
Oh, really? Yeah, I was, you know, I was trying to get the podcast, like, basically just kind of fully funded and, like, you know, and then it was like, eh, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. So that's all right. Like, I had done the math, like, for how many listeners we had. And it's like, okay, if you just get five bucks, it'll be good. And, you know, we'll, you know, but I was like, I think I did it for, like, all of, I don't know, uh, a month um, and then I was just like, eh, I, I don't feel like really promoting myself. And I think that's part of it. I'm not big on, you know, promoting, um, promoting myself in that capacity and like, Hey, support it. So <coughs> my throat's dried out. I had a, uh, I had some bourbon before I got on the podcast and forgot to bring in a thing of water. So I'm going to need to get one. Uh, yeah. The I think we can all tell that you've been drinking some bourbon. Man. <laughs> Didn't you say that you were hitting the bourbon in between the cognac? That's right. <laughs> With uh, wait, a little bit cognac? of brandy on the side. I, for all I know, those are three kinds of the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> different things. Cognac and brandy are similar, but uh, okay. But uh, yeah, bourbon is uh, different. The only like uh, harder alcohol I've ever had that I actually liked mm-hmm. a little bit was when I was smoking a cigar and someone was like, you got to try this scotch. It goes, it pairs with that cigar. And I was like, no, no, I'm not a, I'm not a drinking man. And they're like, no, try it. I was oh, cause you're a reverend. I'm like, no, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I had a little sip and I did a little cough like children do on the movies when they have some alcohol. <laughs> yep. But I said to myself, I could see how this could be a, a pleasing pairing. Yeah. Um, uh, but not enough to have ever – I mean, good grief. Cigars cost enough without having to also buy like expensive, worth-drinking alcohol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean that that really working, – um, working in a liquor store ruined me for uh, going out to drink because I – like when I look at the menu and I see how much it costs for a drink and like how much you know I would buy this stuff for in the store, I'm like, there's no way I'm paying this for this. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh man. Well, I suggest my friend that we, uh, wrap this blessing up, put a little Christmas bow on the top of it, put it under the tree. And then, uh, I've got to, uh, what's the polite way to say, take a leak. And then we should uh, jump right into the next one. I'm down with that, man. So we're going to go ahead. We are going to sign off and Zach, we just rock the Casper. These go to 11.